Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Welcome to episode nine of the Yoga Life Podcast. This week we're going to be talking about energy. Before we delve in, let's just say hello. How are you, Alex? I'm good, thanks, Dawn. How are you? I'm good too, yeah. What have you been up to? Have you had a good week? Uh, yeah, been a pretty normal week. To be honest, just getting ready for everything that I've got coming up over the next coming months with work. It's just a bit, yeah, it's just loads on, and which is really lovely. But uh, yeah, no, nothing new. What about you? Um, much the same, really. Just, yeah, ploughing through lots of work um, and getting excited for the season ahead of us. And not that we can necessarily say the C word yet, but this year does feel like we can celebrate a bit more. Definitely feel you there. Um, I don't know. I've really enjoyed the change of the clocks and the very autumnal feels. It's all making me feel very weirdly focused, but also just cosy, warm and lovely. I like it. I, th- I think I'm in a minority. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. And we finally got the wood burner back into its rightful place so we can have fires again so I can enjoy the autumn. Um, have you thought much about forgiveness since last time? Uh, I kind of have, yes and no. Um, I realised actually after the podcast that I was still holding on to some stuff regarding um, a friend and it came up in conversation and I realised I've actually not spoken to that friend since she kind of pissed me off months and months ago. I was in a pretty bad place. It was when uh, I wasn't very well. She sent this message that was just level 100 dickhead message in a normal my normal mindset I'd have been absolutely well I'd have called her out on it a bit but also probably a bit more understanding not taking it to heart etc etc but because I was feeling so rubbish and shitty I didn't respond to the message and essentially I have not reached out to that friend or spoken to that friend since and it's I'm like why and then someone asked oh have you seen so and so lately and I was just like oh <laughs> so yeah realized with that that I'm actually holding on to some stuff that I really don't need to anymore so I think twice now I've done the forgiveness practice and I'm already feeling lighter about it and yeah I just yeah just kind of over it and it really is it's that whole process of looking at it and looking at my actions around it and why it hurt me so much and so on but it's been good so yeah with forgiveness I would say that that's been my thing and it was weird that it came up so quickly after after we talked about it as well I was like oh well I know what to do here yay (laughs) what about you um I suppose I've not really practiced it but I think it just came it brought to light that sometimes I think I forget rather than forgive and something just sits there still probably a bit like you like you know you'll have something lingering like you say for quite a while that you've just not dealt with and I I I hadn't really thought about it until we talked about talked about it and that some things would still maybe trigger me from the past and I thought I'd forgiven but actually I probably just forgot and I think I I just fill my head with too many other things so I just just forget stuff (laughs) oh wow amazing so have you actually like worked on anything that's come up since um no (laughs) I have not had any headspace to do that in the last week um so yeah as as some people might know I'm doing um another course alongside my massage that I already do so been quite busy (laughs) 
That's true. It's yeah. very true. I'll, get, I'll let you off this yeah. one. This one time. Maybe January project. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, but going back a few weeks, um, we talked about journaling. And I was going to try it. And it's just like we manifested it because a lovely friend that I met up with on Saturday um, gave me a belated birthday present and it was a beautiful new journal. So this is something to kickstart the process. And it came with a beautiful pen, which is what we talked about (laughs) as well. I can't believe it. So yeah, time to get journaling. She has absolutely no excuse and it's beautiful. I just looked at it. It is stunning. It has a name on it and everything. I'm not at all jealous. (laughs) (laughs) However, I did look at the Lisa Angel journal. And I'm I'm definitely going to get it or ask for it for Christmas. You know, it's a nice little stocking filler. And that was a, it was kind of like a year, five years. Mm -hmm. And you just write down, it was called a memory journal, I think. And you write down one memory or thought each day for five years. And so I think I'm going to get that because it was just so lovely. I really, as soon as you said about it, I was like, I want it. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we're going to be talking about energy. Um, before we delve into what we are actually going to discuss, I have looked up the definition. There's two two dictionary definitions. I'm going to go with the first one because I'm sh- assuming we're not talking about this at all. So <laughs> the first definition is power derived from the utilisation of physical or chemical resources, especially to provide light and heat or to work machines. Now that seems a bit far, far from the yogic world. <laughs> definition number two, I think is a little bit closer, hopefully. The strength and vitality required for sustained physical or mental activity. So that I think is what we all think of of is energy in terms of us and our bodies. Um, so let's go over to Alex and she'll tell us what we're going to talk about regarding energy today. So I think it was in the last couple of episodes, actually, I've talked about energy and I just kind of gloss over it, just say the energy around this, the energy around that and whatever. We talked about it with money. We talked about it with the energy that comes up when we don't forgive someone. And so it occurred to me that we should probably dive into this a little bit more. It is a topic that fascinates me. I love it. And it really shifted hmm, power, I guess, almost in my life when I started to pay attention to where I was putting my energy, uh, where I got my energy from, uh, how I, well, yeah, how I how I used it and where I got it from. And when I started paying attention to this, uh, it was, life was better. Life was better. And I felt so much more in control. What I'm going to talk about today is where we can essentially create control around the energy that is in our life and how we use our energy and so on and so forth. So was that what you were expecting? Yeah, along along that lines, I think we've briefly touched on energy, I think in the first series about, I think we're using our energy for people or prioritising where we spend our energy. But so I thought a little bit along those lines. Um, it's nice to talk about where we get our energy from as well. Um, so where, where would you say we derive our energy from? So the humans, we as humans uh we get most of our energy from the food that we eat however well actually no i'm not just going to gloss over that so the better quality food we have the higher our energy levels so if we fill our bodies with that brown beige food that we've talked about many times on this podcast i think um so if you eat your oven cooked brown chicken with your oven chips and your baked beans or you know, waffles, whatever people have these days, I don't know, Uh, then your energy levels are generally going to suffer. Whereas if you fill your body with a huge array of different 
vegetables, fruits, uh, meats, fish, if that's what you're into, um, legumes, a big array, a big variety of different foods, vegetables, uh, then you're going to feel significantly better. So the energy within your body is going to feel better, feel, yeah, better, higher. You're going to have more of it uh, because the body is given what it needs. We get our, well, everything that works within the body is fueled by the food that we eat. But also, um, prana. So if we think about the word pranayama, it is our life force. That is essentially what pranayama is. So pranayama is our breathing exercises that you may or may not have done within a yoga class before, or even in a specific pranayama class. If you've not done this before, I highly recommend giving it a YouTube just see how you get on or find a yoga teacher speak to your yoga teacher get in touch with dawn or i and we will happily teach you pranayama um it's a lovely lovely practice but it is essentially <laughs> dawn's taking a big breath <laughs> oh shit i'm breathed <laughs> uh, i do that all the time as soon as i start talking about breathing i'm like <gasps> um so we want to think about uh make sure we breathe enough because our breath is our life force weirdly enough you may not have noticed if you don't breathe you die so Breath is another way in which we increase our energy levels. Uh, so life force, that is, that's always a good one. So within our yoga practice, if you uh, incorporate those breathing techniques, you're going to get a lot more from your yoga practice and you're going to feel more energized, more awake, more alive. Uh, so that's another one. I think, yeah, breathing is one of those things like I instantly didn't think about breathing when we talked about energy, but... It's so obvious, isn't it? it? But it's so obvious because we do it naturally without <laughs> thinking that it's easy to forget about it. And I think that's like, it does open so many people's eyes when they start doing any kind of breathing technique. Um, I've got a client that we do like the two part breath with who's suddenly like, I can't, I can't just breathe into my chest. And it's just, it's fascinating to see how our breathing habits have changed over the years and we don't utilize our body as perhaps we should. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a really important part. Most people do breathe just really short and shallow, don't they? Yeah. Uh, the average number of breaths within a, within a minute, I'm pretty sure it's meant to be between 10 and 16. Gosh. Or maybe even, maybe 12. I should have really Googled that before the class. Yeah. Uh, podcast. Not class. And a lot of people breathe a lot faster than that and a lot shorter. So it's short, shallow breaths where you're only utilising like a tiny percentage of your lungs. Whereas actually we can gain a huge amount more oxygen or air and that oxygen then fuels our red blood cells, which fuels the rest of our the systems within our body so it kind of makes sense yeah. to breathe more um we were talking about it in my yoga class last monday uh we're working on nadi shodhana which is a pranayama breathing technique and if so always you you sight you breathe cyclically through your nostrils so at some points in the day your left nostril will be more dominant and it'll almost feel like if you blocked your left it would almost feel like your right is slightly blocked and then at another time in the day you could try the same thing this is if you don't have a cold or hay fever you could try the same thing and you'll find that your right nostril has got like a lot more free-flowing air and your left almost feels blocked and there's a few points throughout the day where both will be even so you'll be able to breathe freely through both of them and that's kind of where you when it's swapping over so rather than blocking both your nostrils it frees <laughs> up both, both your nostrils that would suck yeah. um so when you practice the nadi shodhana breathing technique what you do is you <laughs> which is your dominant <laughs> one right now dawn's testing but they're also slightly got cold. Oh yeah, mine's my right, very much my right is dominant. My left one sounds like rubbish. Uh, so when you do this technique, essentially you bring your body into that harmonious 
both nostril breathing situation. So what you can do, let's say you're about to do some physical exercise. Now, physical exercise, it obviously requires all your muscles to be working, depending what you're doing, but more muscles to be working and you're going to be using up more energy. Therefore, more breath is going to help you do this because it gets more oxygen to your muscles, which allows them to work harder. So I was telling my yogis on Monday that if, because there was quite a few runners in the room, there was a couple of crossfitters, there was someone else who does lots of high intensity classes as well. I was like, so if you guys were to start doing this practice, even if it's like three or four cycles before your exercise class, you'll find that you perform better and you feel better. Same before something uh, taxing mentally. So let's say Dawn um, performed her Nadi Shodhana just before her exams for her courses she was just talking about perhaps your brain will work better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? And she'll probably ace it. She'll ace it anyway, regardless of the breathing techniques she requires. So essentially, yeah, breath, incredibly important. It can be utilised at any point, at any given point in the day. It's something, because so I've downloaded the Wim Hof app and that is so about breathing, isn't it? As well as the cold water stuff, that's what he's sort of famed for. But then the, the breathing techniques to A, deal with the cold water. There's a whole series on there of the breathing for stretching and it's quite fascinating and it's not something I've come across yet in yoga. It's not one of the breathing techniques I've come across, but it's a different technique and it's it's something I yeah, definitely want to read into more because it, it, it helps your stretching and it was really quite fascinating. Oh, I'm going to give that a read as well. Yeah, it's all about... So his, the example of the one that I followed was a forward fold. And you do... You almost like hyperventilate. And then you do deep breath. And then you go into it. And it's like you're, you're filling your body with more oxygen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Might give it a go. We yeah. should do it together. Yeah. Uh, so energy. Breath. Definitely uh, the food one and the breath. Huge, Hugely important ways to get energy within to your body good solid energy and ways or things that we probably don't utilize to the full extent hydration could probably come under the food bracket as well mm-hmm. but if you're dehydrated your body becomes incredibly sluggish what's the body 60 or 70 percent water it's a huge it more than that i think 80 was it is it oh okay we'll, we'll better let this packed up again we'll need to google this well, great prep. We've done well. <laughs> uh, so the body is a huge percentage of water. And uh, we need to consider the fact that if we dehydrated, we're not going to be running to our full capacity. So the odds are you're going to feel sluggish, you're going to feel rubbish. So drink your water, get hydrated. If we look at our Ayurveda um, sciences and what that recommends, it recommends that we start the day with water and instantly hydrate and flush out everything that's going on within the body and all that i mean people probably are aware of this but it highlighted it for me was if you are eating a healthy diet full of lots of fruits and veg you actually don't need as much water as those that eat a bad diet or a very beige diet and it sort of dawned on me that actually yeah hang on when you're eating all that fruit and veg you're getting more water anyway so that's probably adding to why you feel good and you when you eat a day of beige, you probably don't compensate and drink enough water to make up for the fact you're not eating it. And those beige foods will be full of salt, yeah. which dehydrates the body. So we've got our water, we've got our food, we've got our breath. Um, all three of them incredibly important. Uh, if we consider conserving energy, so this is just generally how to make your body feel like it's running on like full cylinders, all cylinders. Uh, we need to consider our sleep. So if 
you could eat the best foods in the world you could drink all the water that you could possibly need you could do your breath techniques whatever they might be you could utilize your lungs at every given point and follow Wim Hof to a T uh, but if you are essentially still getting four five six hours sleep a night your body is never ever ever going to run or feel good is just going to suffer. The impacts of lack of sleep are extensive. It's scary, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's so conserving our energy and making sure that we actually are able to utilize all the good food and breath and the so on and so on and so forth. We need to be making sure we're getting our eight, nine hours worth of sleep. Some people are able to and do run quite well on less. Some. Those people are a minority and they're not what you would consider the norm. I think it was Margaret Thatcher famously only survived on like four hours sleep a night, didn't she? And she was one of those people that just, she does well on no sleep. And I, I, I have a friend who is very similar. She seems to just, her body just doesn't need that much sleep. She naturally wakes up incredibly early after very little sleep. There are people who are like this, but the odds are you, you, who is saying, no, I'm fine on six hours, are probably not <laughs> okay on six hours. So it's making sure that we really, really, really think about getting that sleep in because the impact it has is a knock-on effect to everything else. If you're, if you're well-rested, you'll be able to, your body will perform well when exercising, so you'll get the benefits from that. You'll perform well when doing your yoga practice, so you get more benefit from that. Your digestive system works better, so you feel better from that you also are less likely to crave the rubbish food you're more likely to make the time to eat the good food to prep the good food whatever it might be so all in all it's really really important to consider our sleep as well in all of this absolutely yeah and yeah I feel like you can't mention sleep without mentioning the book why we sleep because it's so so informative and I've learned so much from that book with regards to sleep and the studies that are done on people that don't get quite as much sleep and like yeah like you say all these things like in your immune system and what you crave and they say people generally people that work like night shifts even though they're still maybe getting as much sleep but just the difference in their day just means they're more likely to hold more body fat because they eat slightly worse food because that's what their body craves because of their shifted sleep patterns and things it's it's been really fun i read why we sleep a few years ago it is a very very good book both of us highly recommend it uh but then looking at sleep from an ayurvedic perspective is really different and it's been so interesting i'm like i don't know what to believe (laughs) Uh, modern science often takes over for me uh that's just the way i've i guess that's how i've learned everything however ayurveda science of thousands and thousands of years which has been tried and tested for thousands and thousands of years maybe they're onto something who knows i'm happy to try it well what i wanted to ask mm-hmm. was also so we've talked about the physical life-giving things that give us energy is there other things that give us energy like in a slightly different manner so give us more mental energy i suppose would be the way to phrase it I'm glad you asked because yes. Uh, (laughs) So if we think about when we wake up in the morning and we've booked in for a 6.30 yoga class with Alex Howarth Yoga because she offers that delight um, online. Unashamedly plugging yourself? 100% that's why I'm here. (laughs) Uh, So if we think about the fact that you've booked in, you wake up and you've not slept very well. 
uh, or even if you have slept well, 6.30 in the morning, definitely at this time of year, it's challenging, it's very dark outside, it can be cold, and the idea of staying in bed is very, very alluring. But you've booked in, you're going to go. So you roll out of bed, you pull on your yoga clothes, or even stay in your pajamas. <laughs> I had a PJ yoga, yogi in this morning. Nice. I bloody love it when that happens. Um, but you get on your mat. You get you log on online, and you're feeling very groggy. You keep rubbing your eyes. You've got your coffee or your water next to your mat, whatever it might be. And I make you do your sun salutations to begin with, and you're like clunky and water cold, and you feel like you can barely reach toes and you're feeling a bit shivery because it's cold downstairs compared to your bed but by the time you've got through the second slow chilled out sun salutation you're like oh okay I'm moving a bit better now and oh my energy's coming uh, oh my heat is rising so I can I'll remove my jumper um and then I move you through the rest of the class and then we finish on some exciting arm balance or challenging pose that you really really enjoy and by this point, you're warm, you're mobile, you can touch your toes, you can backbend and you feel marvellous. You've stretched everything that could possibly need stretching. You've strengthened everything within your body. You've been focused and you've kept your mind on your mat and all of this good stuff. You finish that class. Your energy levels, yes, you felt very groggy having just woken up, but your energy levels and your mood within yourself has risen hugely, like no end. You feel better. You've You've won the day before the day has even started. Everyone else is still in bed. It's 10 past seven and you are so ready to take on whatever it might be. So your energy is instantly up. Whereas imagine, and you'd feel good, wouldn't you? You'd feel happy. You'd feel like you've achieved something. You're probably going to go into the kitchen and start the day and just absolutely smash it. And even if the rest of the day doesn't go to plan, at least you've ticked something off the box. Okay, so let's flip that and imagine that you booked in for 6.30 yoga your alarm goes off <laughs> oh fuck that shit <laughs> switch off the alarm roll over go back to sleep quickly before you do uh, roll over and go back to sleep you book on for the 7.30 class because Alex Health Yoga also offers an online 7.30am yoga <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care <laughs> um, so you're like I'm just going to get I don't know half an hour 40 minutes more sleep and then I'll do that class instead so your alarm re goes off at quarter past seven ready for the 7.30 class and you <laughs> nope not ready at 7.45 because you've been laying there thinking about how guilty you feel about the fact that you booked onto a class that you then didn't show up to and you were too late to cancel off and your brain's kind of awake at 7.45 15 minutes after the class started you're awake anyway and you're thinking well now I really want to get coffee oh and you just you feel a bit shit about the fact that you didn't get up and go to yoga and you just you kind of lay there and beat yourself up and you feel a bit sluggish and pants and you get out of bed and your back feels all stiff and your legs still hurt from a run you did the day before and you go downstairs and you make yourself a coffee and you're like fuck I should have just gone why didn't I do it and then you send Alex a self-pitying message about how I'm really sorry Miss class <laughs> whatever it might be that she probably won't reply to because not interested in excuses and then you know, you just generally haven't started your day well. You've overslept. You've probably slept too much. You've got in your own head and mulled over the fact that you've not treated yourself to the best of your poss- best of your ability. And you regret it. And you're a bit shirty with the rest of your family when they finally drag their butts out of bed as well. And, you know, it's just your energy is then low. Your energy is perhaps on a negative footing instead of that positive footing that the getting out of bed and doing a yoga practice offered. Yeah? 
Yeah, and I think because you plan to do the yoga first thing in the morning, you've probably allocated the right amount, of, hopefully allocated the right amount of hours of sleep before. So it's almost like when you you go and have that extra little bit of sleep that you probably didn't need, um, you get up and finish, you're not done yoga, but you get up and start your day at about the same point that you would if you'd done, got up and done the yoga, but imagine how much more energy you'll feel if you've done it and... Yeah. yeah, I can't, you know, I'm probably the biggest hypocrite here for it. <laughs> there were periods in the first lockdown that I did enjoy the 7.30 yoga and oh my God, it did make a difference to the day because in, afterwards I felt ready to hit the ground running for my day. Whereas usually I am a sloth of a morning person. Um, I just, I start my day late. I mean, I do make up for this in the evening, I must say, but yeah it does does make a difference and if you're going to start the day at the same time why not have a bit more energy in your step first mm-hmm. absolutely and then so if we stick with the yoga because this is a yoga podcast you could also if perhaps uh oh my gosh so i've had two text messages today from members saying that they've got coronavirus oh gosh two in a day poor things i don't know where they were this weekend but both of them and um they're both like i'm feeling okay at the moment if i don't get many symptoms can i still practice yoga online not in a studio and essentially i voice note them both back saying it's probably not the best idea let your body recover because it's going to be fighting something if however you feel like you have no symptoms get on your mat play it by ear if you feel rubbish just log off but the best thing you could probably do is just use the time even if it's not the whole 40 minutes of which they'd have usually practiced an online class the whole like just 10 15 minutes to meditate instead and that's another beautiful way of increasing your energy they can still sit on their own yoga mat which like dawn said last week creates this wonderful safe sacred place for you to sit on anyway so instantly ups your mood and then they can just practice a 10 15 minute yoga again they could both of these are, uh they're 6 30 or 7 30 a.m yogis anyway and so they can just use that time before the rest of the house because both of them have children get up they can still get a little bit of mat time, but they're not putting a pressure on their body that it probably doesn't need. I was like, if you're managing a temperature with paracetamol, I do not want to see you on your mat. Simple as that. If you're struggling to breathe, I don't want to see you on your mat. It's not worth it. Well, I mean, that is definitely our bodies using our energy in the correct way then. You know, Mm -hmm. we need to let it use its energy in the correct way, i.e. getting better rather than trying to do stuff it doesn't need to do. Absolutely. And it is, it's one of those times where you need to listen to your body big time. And so that meditation, it will give them those, that five, 10, 15 minutes worth of peace. It'll make them feel like they still have their routine, which is important to maintain. Routine in itself is another great way to maintain your energy. You have a positive energy around a routine. Um, but it, it just allows them that positive uh, sense of self-care, sense of well-being that you can get from a physical asana practice or po- yoga posture, yoga postures, you can get that similar sort of buzz from just completing a 15, 20 minute, 10 minute, whatever it might be, meditation. And I mean, there's so many followable, uh, so, there's so many apps you can follow. You don't need to be a meditation pro. You don't need to just sit there in silence and not really know what you're doing. Uh, there are, I think there's free meditations on my website, my app and all sorts. You know, there's, there's so many out there uh, that, it it wouldn't be difficult to find something instead of using something le- uh, non-lead. And then that way, they're still starting their day well, but they're not missing out and they will feel better for it, I hope. But then we think about all the other ways, if I just called meditation self-care, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. If a bath 
is self-care for you. That's going to increase your energy. Not necessarily the physical energy, but the way that you feel. You're going to feel more positive. So if we think about the positive and negative energies, looking after ourselves and doing that self-care of going to the gym, going for a walk, getting fresh air, walking the dog, uh, having a bath, maybe having a glass of wine sometimes, maybe having a herbal tea, maybe just curling up on the sofa with a hot water bottle. All of these things are a a sort of self-care which again will increase your energy in a more positive way than a negative way. Yeah, and, and I've noticed other things that boost energy in a, a slightly different way. For example, I was in London on Saturday and it was a really long day. Quite, It could have been quite tiring because I was just so happy to be seeing friends that I had not seen for ages. That just gave me energy, gave me all the energy to have a really lovely day. And you can often... I know I'm like it sometimes, and I think Alex is probably the same, with you maybe got some social plans of an evening, and then it starts to come to that evening, you're a bit like, I really would rather just stay home. But if you do get yourself out and go and enjoy that social plan, much like dragging yourself to yoga class, just that being sociable with people you love and care about just does give you some energy, doesn't it? And it just fills up your heart and fills up that energy. I think we can get very stagnant. So with energy... In the energy type of that fuels machines that Dawn first said in her first definition, and energy within the body, it needs to move. Energy never disappears. It always just moves from point A to point B to point C to point D, etc. It's always ever moving. And stagnant energy, energy that can't move, causes a negative effect. So if we are, for instance, full of, or if we've just been still for too long, that energy within us that we're not using becomes a stagnant energy becomes a negative energy so our body gets more and more inflammation which is a negative thing and it also we usually store that energy in the form of excess body weight and we generally our brain doesn't work to its full effect and we generally feel incredibly sluggish whereas if we got up and moved and moved that energy from where it is within our body to out of our body into the form of physical exercise then we're going to feel better and so it's the same with social occasions. If you become a bit too much of a hermit, and as, a, as an introvert, I'm a big fan of not going out, whereas it, it, you become almost too isolated, too insular, too much in your own head, and it's really important to go out and actually speak to people. <laughs> Damn it! Because again, it shifts and changes your energy. It does, like Dawn says, it lifts you up. Same as, which is why I think a lot of people struggled with lockdown so much being stuck in that one place. Do you remember when you, Leah, and I went to London? Yeah. God, the energy that just comes from being in a different place. I think we even talked about it on the podcast. Like, we went to London, and it was awesome. It just brings up your energy. And then travel abroad, even. Like, we have that desire to move and see the world and because we're not designed to be in one place. And so all of these things just build up our energy in a positive way. And it's just noticing what in our lives causes a negative energy and what in our lives causes a positive energy and that will shift and change and on the note of movement as well is it's worth noting that obviously one of our body systems the lymphatic system doesn't have its own pump it relies on us moving Mm -hmm. and if we don't move it doesn't work it becomes sluggish and that's where people get like um swellings or um bloating or you, you know generally just sluggish you can't shift 
the bad lymph from your body because you're not moving enough. So that's it, we're designed to to be moving, not to be sluggish and just just laying like a like a sloth all day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and um, getting out and about, it's yeah, it just just fills you up, doesn't it? Definitely, um, change of scenery, just taking everything in. Yeah, but there's something spiritual, or there's something about the energy of looking at a view. Did you know that gorillas look at views? No. Apparently. Oh, no. No, wait, wait, wait. That's a complete lie. It's bears. Oh. Gorillas probably do too. But um, no, apparently bears have been seen just sitting for no other reason looking out over what we would, as humans, consider wonderful views. They just sit there and they'll watch a sunrise, watch a sunset. There's something incredibly spiritual and it changes your energy. Getting in the sea, it's also something to do with the salt and the ions in your body as well. But... um, Getting in the sea, it changes your energy. Cold water from Wim Hof. You get into cold water, you instantly you get out of that and your body is like, whoa! It's Revitalised. Like, yeah. It's like an explosion within your body. Everything is switched on and you have so much more to give purely from getting into cold water. And also, well, just getting outside, isn't it? The sunshine, the vitamin D. It, I mean, we're, we're a bit like plants. We need light and we need water and we need food. So getting out in the sun definitely boosts everyone's energy. Like, the first signs of sunshine in the spring, people always seem full of energy and excited for things ahead. Or even like today, like it's an autumnal day, but the sun is shining. And I think if you went outside, you would get an energy boost. You'd feel the warmth of the sun on you, even though the air is cold and just feel yeah a boost of energy i love this yes oh, i feel kind of energized just talking about it yeah. so what i also wanted to talk about was how we can give our energy away in in ways that aren't particularly productive so we've talked about how the fact that energy does need to move absolutely 100 percent. however we can focus all of our energy onto one specific thing. So let's say you've got a big project at work. You will spend your day, yes, you might have got up and done your yoga, etc., 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 and you're eating all the good foods, you're doing all the water, you're doing the breathing, whatever it might be. But you put your, you then, your mental energy is spent at work on this one big project that you have to get done at a certain deadline. Now, that could be great. Let's say you go to the office 9am and you finish at 5 and you then choose to go home mentally you're probably going to be pretty tired you're probably going to need to do something physically because you've been sat at a desk all day but doing that something physical will take your mind off what you have been doing it will make you move better you're by moving you'll make your body feel better and you would go to bed feeling both mentally and physically tired and your energy in your day has been used really constructively and you're probably going to feel pretty good whereas if for instance you know you have this big project at work that has to get done. You allow the energy of that project to take over and spill over into the rest of your life. This is where you are choosing, and I assure you, you are choosing to let that energy uh, become a negative impact in your life. So let's say you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is check your emails. And you get into a rabbit hole of all sorts of things because you've checked your emails and you've got loads of things and you feel instantly like you have to answer and this is the thing people feel they have to answer no you don't you have a choice so then you end up running late for work because and grabbing a very quick crap breakfast so your energy levels probably suffer there as well or even if you did get a good breakfast you're instantly your mind is being stretched you're already not focused on what you're doing in the right way you get to work your your brain is already 
um, your brain is already frustrated and distracted and perhaps you don't manage to keep as focused on that project as you wanted to or even if you do again awesome great you get the work done that you needed to do project's still not done it's still a continuous thing you end up working late you end up feeling exhausted so mentally exhausted that all you do is you go home and you start moaning to your partner about work moaning to your partner about how hard this project is talking about it constantly messaging your friends about how hard it is how stressed you are how busy you are how tired you are oh my god oh my goodness my life is awful i'm so tired etc etc you hit the pillow probably too late because all you've done is vegetate and binged watch something on tv then you wake up the next day and repeat and do you see how the energy of that work has spilled into every avenue of your life and become a negative thing. And not only are you putting that negativity on yourself, you're putting it onto the people around you. Then all the people around you are gonna do is, oh my gosh, how's work? And they're gonna fuel that energy. They're, oh, I know you're really tired, so I won't ask you to do this. So you start to lose out on other things and they just fuel uh, and support your own beliefs. You are telling yourself that woe betide you life is so hard and I'm so busy and you give the project more energy than it's worth I think this is something it's and it's so relevant for us that are self-employed as well I'll often find myself maybe about to get into bed suddenly thinking of things that I need to be doing and my thing I do try to just note it down in my diary for the next day and sort of say to myself no you've got space in your day to give it your energy then and don't don't waste your energy now you know your energy now is for being with your husband or chilling or relaxing. So yeah, trying to compartmentalize and plan when you can give things energy is quite useful. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. I love my little day plan because it does it does yeah. help me. Um, I became really strict with my boundaries within work to make sure that I didn't work on a Thursday or a Sunday. And I always suffer when I let those boundaries down, always. And, it's, and my work suffers as well and it's stupid, but it happens from time to time. The, the pitfalls of being self-employed I think with um when I was sick at the beginning of the year it did take over my life every day everyone just messaged with how, how are you feeling today uh all I I just felt completely consumed by it to the point where I was going slightly dotty and probably driving people around me dotty as well but it I think there's nothing like being in pain to completely take your mind off of everything else. But I realised that when I just got to the end of my tether with it, didn't I? Beyond frustrated with, oh, I thank them and I love them so much, but the NHS. <laughs> it was an incredibly frustrating process. So, and I just decided I was I was done. I was done with it controlling my life. And it's so far from being gone. It's still an ongoing issue but I refuse to give it headspace anymore I refuse to make it change anything in my life and I manage it yes I do what I have to I make sure that I do the self-care do the work to enable me to be okay as I can be but I refuse to talk about it hardly ever um only if it's completely out of control do I have to change my life but essentially I don't let it have headspace in my life anymore. And people get addicted to complaining about something and then allow that just to completely consume them. And there then becomes this fear that if they don't complain about it anymore or they don't have that thing anymore that, that people ask them about or talk to them about, that they, they will no longer matter or they will no longer be, re be relevant or no longer uh, liked or who they are as a person. 
So um, I think um, an example of this would be perhaps somebody goes out and loves clubbing, partying, drinking, all that kind of stuff. To then suddenly stop doing that kind of thing would be really difficult because they're they're changing their persona of who they are as a person. Oh, but I am this person. I'm always hungover. I'm always tired. I'm always out, out. You know, and suddenly that's a lot of things to change. And so it, it ties in really nicely with our attachments. Oh, so is that, I was then about to say this does seem to tie in nicely with attachments. Um, yeah. And how you label yourselves. Like, so I have got a husband with a bad back. <laughs> and he's probably like this. He's just, he's just got a bad back now. Like, that's just something that happens to him. He won't do the work to make it better. <laughs> no matter how much I try. No matter how much like, he's married to a sports massage therapist. Who's got various skills in my tool belt to help him. But won't do anything about it. And you start to think, is he just attached to having a bad back? And it gives him an excuse to get out of certain things. <laughs> it's actually a really good point it is a really good point is it just we start to use these things as an excuse but it's by giving that thing energy that gives it the power if for instance uh he never gave it the energy to make it a thing it might not because a lot of bad backs do with emotion aren't they as well they're psychological so it becomes worse than it actually is uh who knows i'm not i'm not trying to diagnose neil here at all when we talk about the energy like this, um, it's worth noting about how our energy is used or given. We give our energy, maybe wrongly, to other people as well. So we're talking about people complaining, for example, just now. And you might have some people in your life that you feel like you are constantly giving energy to. Like they've always got problems, perhaps, you're listening to. You're trying to give them that all their en- your energy to help them solve their problems. So that's also another thing to bear in mind when you're spending your energy yeah i think we all know an emotional vampire or two yeah good good term (laughs) uh that is not mine i stole that from somewhere and yeah it's do you want to be an emotional vampire or do you want to be someone who when someone spent time with you your energy lifts i know i always feel good when i've spent time with dawn most of my closest friends, I know full well I feel good when I've spent time with them. Um, I feel good after I've spent time, quality time with Mossy. Uh, whereas there are some people who I come away from it thinking, oh my fucking God, why did I do that? But this is also how I, I don't know about you, but this is how I also schedule my class timetables. If I'm, if I'm approaching a class week on week thinking, oh my God, I really don't want to do this, and come away from it thinking, yeah, it was nice, but it's just not great then that would be something that I would change and the classes that are on my schedule are only on my schedule because the energy around them is right so something that isn't necessarily a physical thing can still have energy money has energy for some people money is a negative energy they think it's dirty they think it's nasty uh they think it's evil and the root of all evil and only causes death and destruction and awful things and taxes and whatnot money is bad there's bad energy around it then some people think money is good and then they'll think that it's like, it's the thing that, well, it is the thing that makes the world go, makes round. The world go round, but in a good way, as well as bad ways, don't get me wrong. There are negative effects of money, but if you focus on the good that it can do, then you will probably use your money for more good things rather than the negatives. So we attach ne- uh, energy to everything. Uh, there are going to be some kind of pretty neutral things, but... If you think about a knife, some people will think violence. 
and negative energy. Some people will think, oh, food. (laughs) (laughs) And a more positive energy. Some people will think food. Yum, delicious. Some people will think food. Oh, God, no. It's the source of um, illness, fat, whatever it might be. There's many negative things that could come from food as well. Food companies that farmland and kill animals and all sorts of things. There's positive and negative energy on almost everything. Uh, You could look at the positives of paper. You could look at the negatives of paper. I'm just looking at things around the room. (laughs) Um, Whatever it might be. So it's noticing what energy we attach to the things around us. If we are in a house that we hate, the odds are that when we're in that house, we're going to feel more of a negative energy. Whereas, which is why it's really good to have an office space, which is full of things that are going to make you feel productive with a good high energy vibration. So a clean, clear space, plants, um, minimal distractions, natural light, that kind of thing is going to keep your energy up to work and work well. Whereas if you're in a dark, dingy hole that's a mess and dirty and smelly and you feel uncomfortable and cramped, what are the odds of you working productively? Slim to none. Yeah, actually, my, my last job, I um, had a similar discussion with, with my manager. Um, uh, when I first started, my desk was in the corner of the room. It was literally, if you think there's a, a four sides to a square, two sides had windows. I was in the corner of the sides that didn't have windows. And I just felt just sleepy and meh all day long. And it, I just really, really struggled. And, you know, eventually I had a chat with my boss, just like... I I love my job, I just can't deal with being in this dark corner all the time. And they were great about it, you know, and they actually ended up in a lovely little office with a, with a nice big window and, you got, and plants, got plants in there because I had some actual light to feed the plants. I also had another window from the other side that went through to the main office so I could see everyone as well. So it wasn't like I was completely isolated, but got the energy shift. When I would walk in in the morning, I knew, knowing that I was going to walk into a nice space and sit down and just enjoy being in there compared to walking in and being in this glum corner, it just, it made me work so much better. I love that. Yeah. Oh, uh, I can't wait to have an actual office space, space, proper office in the house. Yeah. We don't have space in the house we're in at the moment. As cute as my little office corner is, it's just not quite... What a dream. One day. Uh, So this is why, if you consider a yoga studio, often they are light, white or bright and airy. Often there are plants. Um, The lighting can change depending on the class. It might be bright light for a high energy class or dim, calmer lighting in the evenings. Uh, For more of a slow, like a yin or yoga nidra, it's going to be well, it could almost be completely black, just candlelight or just some fairy lights, really dim lighting. And what that does is it sets the tone, it sets the energy of the class and it allows you to fall into the energy of whatever you're practicing, essentially. It makes me think um, back to when we used to just have our stuff by our mats mm. and then you started to make us put all our things at the back of the room. It's just clearing that. So it's that clutter and chaos that actually drains a bit of our energy as well because it's something else for us to be aware of so doing yoga for example with a with a pile of your clothes and shoes next to you you've got to be aware of that because you don't want to fall on it so it's just an extra thing that your your, your own mind is focusing on and, and using energy for like whereas if your room and space is completely clear you only have to think about you and your body and how you're moving Oh God, yeah. And if your phone is in that pile, people yes. are always distracted by their phone, their Apple watches or any watches. Other brands are available. Um, you know, a constant distraction. Your energy isn't fully on your mat. I remember a guy came to my yoga class once, put the football on his phone next to his yoga mat and tried to watch it throughout my class. 
I'm not going to lie, I wasn't very ahimsery, I lost my shit. <laughs> but it's it's allowing yourself that space within the, within the yoga studio to just focus on your mat. So does this lead us nicely into why does energy matter on the yoga mat? Obviously. Yeah. God, it's like we planned it. Yeah. It's unreal. Um, so, yes, yoga, energy on your yoga mat. Obviously, if we are well hydrated, well fed, well slept, all of those good things, well breathed, we are going to perform. <laughs> well breathed in English. <laughs> hey, it's an Alexism. Uh, we're going to feel considerably better practicing our physical asana. We are also probably going to find it slightly easier because a tired brain is a distracted brain generally. So, we're going to find it easier to focus. We're going to find it easier to practice our meditation, our breathing techniques, everything, because our brain is in the right headspace to perform. But the other energy that can really affect your yoga practice is the energy you take into the room with you. Absolutely. Weirdly, Dawn and I were talking about this a little while ago. Dun, dun, dun. She's like, what were we talking about? But we were talking about trying out a yoga class. And... It might be that we go try it out uh, and we really enjoy it. It might be that we go try it out and not like it. But what we want to make sure we are when we go to that yoga class is in a neutral mindset. Mm -hmm. We don't want to go in there with a negative energy. Because if you go into a yoga class thinking, this is going to be shit, then you're going to really have a crap time. Your expectation is to have a rubbish time and the human brain loves, loves to prove itself right. So you will find all of the things about that yoga class that are rubbish, that prove you right. Whereas if you go into it with a super excited, oh my God, this is gonna be the best thing ever, you're probably gonna have a better time, but also what you're doing there is layering on expectation. <laughs> so if it doesn't match that energy, you could also find yourself disappointed. So as much as I would argue that it's slightly better to go into a class with a positive mindset, especially towards yourself, believing in yourself, believing that you can achieve, etc., etc., it's always good to go in with a neutral mindset where you can, no attachment to the outcome of the practice, no attachment to how you will feel, because who knows, you could have breathed the right amount, I'm going to say <laughs> it, you could have hydrated, you could have eaten all of the good things, you could have been well slept, but you're at a point in your cycle where you're really, really wobbly and you're feeling a little bit lightheaded or rubbish, and it might not go to plan at all, even though all the other things are in play. So it's going in with neutral energy or a new, no expectation that can absolutely transform a yoga class. Just I recently think of that um, one of my classes that you came to, and I would imagine you came in with the expectation that you were just like, going to enjoy it, but then you'd had really bad leg doms. <laughs> and it just kind of, not ruined the vibe, but it just, it, yeah, you probably had a bit of expectation on that you are going to really enjoy it. And equally, I was going to make you stand in warriors for a while. <laughs> oh God, I'd forgotten about the leg doms. I went in there thinking it was going to be great. And then my legs were like, no, 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 it's not. You're going to fall a lot. Anything else to add to energy then? I don't think so. I think I've talked about everything. When it comes to layering this into your practice, what it needs is that sense of mindfulness. Once again, you need to become aware of it. What I think is a great journaling technique, to be honest. What are you giving energy into your life that is perhaps hindering you, not not serving you in a positive way? And are you able to let it go in some way or another? 
yeah, ultimately you are in control, except for general bodily functions, you are in control of how you spend your energy. 100%. Yeah, you are very much in control of how you spend your energy and choosing to spend it on things that are worthwhile, that serve future you is always better than spending your energy on time wasters, on unfulfilling work, on complaining, on moaning. Anything you give energy to only... It's like a snowball effect. So if you start to complain about something and you're giving it more energy, it will become bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. That That's all consuming and it's all you think about. You have the choice not to think about it. Uh, when someone starts complaining at, about work to you, perhaps stop them in their tracks. Ask them, how much, how much energy do you want to give this? Or how much time do you want to give this? Do you actually want to feel shit for the rest of the evening? And they're going to say no. And if they do want to feel shit, that's where you choose to walk away from it so their negative energy doesn't rub off on you. And then also your mindfulness needs to come into play. When are you being that person? When are you moaning? When are you complaining so much and giving energy to something negative that it's actually affecting the people around you? Lovely. Well put. I think it's definitely something that comes with age as well. Um, Learning how to switch off wasting your energy. Um, I know I found that it's come with age and probably more self-confidence and discovering myself and generally being happier that you can, you can pick and choose mm-hmm. what you spend your energy on. So do it wisely. So that was episode nine. We've got one more episode next week. You can say what it is. Uh, <laughs> manifestation. I was just checking that we're still on track to do manifestation next week. So this is going to be an interesting one, I think, because I think we both have uh, slightly differing views, perhaps. But until then, please do like, share, download, subscribe, follow, follow all of these things. We're on Instagram and you can listen to us on any of the usual podcast platforms. If you enjoy an episode, either let us know, share with your friends, give us a good review. That would be amazing. Yeah, can't wait to chat to you all again next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye.